0: Unchurned is presented by Update AI.
1: You do have to understand that a lot of times the CEO is focused on a very small number of sort of metrics. And so... They don't necessarily spend a ton of time thinking about the value of their existing customers and the value that that drives for the company. Um, I've worked with dozens of clients. I've worked with hundreds of post-sale executives, and there's a common theme that their CEO doesn't understand the value that their post-sale teams can bring to the business.
2: Welcome to Unchurned, a show about the leaders and innovators of companies who have forged incredible customer relationships and stories you can use to advance your own career. Here's your host, Josh Schachter. Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of Unchurned. I'm Josh Schachter, founder and CEO of Update AI and host of Unchurned. Joining me today, we're going upstream. We're going to talk about CCOs, the Chief Customer Officer Practice. We have Alexis Hennessy. Alexis is a partner at Hydric & Struggles, which is one of the most preeminent executive search and leadership advisory firms. She helped stand up the post-sales and officers practice, so she has a wealth of experience dealing with CEOs, CCOs, all post-sales executives. And we have Rod Cherkis. Rod is the CEO of Hello, Hello, CCO. And is a highly well-respected consultant and advisor to CCO practices, partly because he wrote the book on being a CCO called The Chief Customer Officer Playbook, uh, which is a great read. Rod himself has experience at companies like Intuit, RingCentral, Marketo, Gainsight, the list goes on and on. Guys, thank you so much for being on this episode.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks, Josh. Looking forward to it. So let's jump right in. I want to start. It's Q2 right now, 2023. We're recording this episode and Alexis, I wanna start with you. First of all, we've never actually had an executive search firm, you know, practitioner on our show. So maybe you can in a one or two sentences tell us a little bit about what you do as context for why we should trust your, your opinion here. Um and then I wanna talk about trends. So first um can you introduce yourself for us? Sure.
0: So uh, I think, as you mentioned, Alexis Hennessy, I'm a partner at Hydric & Struggles. I joined the firm 10 years ago from a boutique retained executive search firm. So I've been doing this uh, for quite some time. Hydric as a firm has been around I think nearly 75 years. So wealth of experience in executive recruiting and leadership advisory. We get hired by mostly CEOs and board of directors to help them fill roles that range from VP level to C-level to serving on publicly traded boards. We work with clients, companies that range from really well-funded venture-backed companies all the way through the Fortune 50.
2: So you're hiring CCOs, you're hiring CROs, you're hiring SVPs of CS, those sorts of roles. What are some of the trends, and we can narrow this down, but broad question, what are some of the trends you're seeing coming into 2023 now in those roles?
0: Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. So one is the reporting structure. I think over the last few years, we've seen this move from a little known function that was maybe a VP level of customer success, or maybe a VP of professional services who was then tasked with figuring out what customer success is. It's really elevated to a C-level role in so many organizations now that report directly to uh, directly to the CEO um, themselves. So I think just the importance, the awareness of customer success, and an attention to the post-sales function has really skyrocketed. I, I think COVID, the start of COVID, really started to shine a spotlight in particular on the function because boards and CEOs figured out we got to pay attention to the customers that we have and we got to make sure that we retain them.
2: Rod, you, you th- it almost sounds like Alexis is talking about you, right? Like, you were the, the VP of Global Professional Services at Gainsight, uh and this was a few years ago right, well, I guess it was during COVID, and and now you're training CCOs. So do you agree with this kind of view of you know where you've seen seen the role go over the past few years?
1: Yeah, I I've, I've been I've spent most of my career in post-sale executive roles at a number of fast-growing companies. I've been a CCO, I've been a VP and SVP at at all different um levels in an organization, sometimes responsible as Alexis said for all of the post-sale teams like professional services and support and customer success and at other times individual. And what's changed in the last couple of years has been the importance of having a customer facing executive on the C staff that can help be the face of customers into the many short term and long term decisions that a company is making. There's also a lot more operational responsibility expected from this leader that has uh, teams of people often they have p responsibilities, increasingly responsible for uh, retention rates and expansion. They may be responsible for the p of a professional services and or an education team, and often responsible for the customer experience and the operations of a support organization. Those are some of the consistent ones. And so with this need to retain and grow customers with this responsibility for contributing to revenue growth and the profitability of a company this role has increasingly been a c level position that reports to a ceo and it's been uh, it's been an important trend in the last couple of years
2: alexis is this change now are, are ceos and boards struggling to kind of figure out how to bring a CCO into that higher echelon of the organization? Do they need a lot of guidance or did they immediately kind of get it and, and know, know the role that a chief customer officer can play at the highest level of a company?
0: So in in addition to recruiting chief customer officers or direct reports too, I also personally spent a lot of time in our CEO and board practice and have also recruited my fair share of chief revenue officers. I will tell you, I think CCOs are one of the hardest roles to recruit for, One, because the function is still relatively nascent, so it's difficult to find CCOs who have done the role at scale, who have experience reporting into a CEO, presenting to boards of directors. Um, I think it's also really difficult and challenging to help the CEO and the executive team and the board understand what a really strong CCO can do for an organization. What should you expect of them? How do you assess them? So. Yeah, I think there's a ton of challenges around recruiting CCOs.
2: Well, what advice do you give to a, a newcoming CCO? It's, it's the first time that the organization has had a CCO at that level of the organization with board influence. Is there anything that you guys are doing to to coach, to train, you know, tips, uh, a certain framework that you recommend they use to really make sure that everybody is aligned and understands their value and their seat at the table?
0: Yeah, so that that work I think when like a best practice is you do that work at the start of the search. So really understanding, you know, what the CCO hopes to get, or CEO rather, hopes to get out of this hire. What do they really think the value of their CCO uh, will be? What what sort of things will this person drive over the first year, two years, three years? And making sure we have that alignment up front.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to add, I, that was one of the reasons that I wrote the book. Um, I've worked with dozens of clients. I've worked with hundreds of post-sale executives. And there's a common theme that their CEO doesn't understand the value that their post-sale teams can bring to the business you do have to understand that a lot of times the CEO is focused on a very small number of sort of metrics. They care about revenue growth. They care about profitability. They care about having a sustainable, you know, product or solution pipeline to help grow it. And so, They don't necessarily spend a ton of time thinking about the value of their existing customers and the value that that drives for the company. So, you know, one of the reasons behind writing the chief customer officer playbook was thinking of the audience of CEOs and board members to help explain what they should expect from a leader what are the skills they should be looking for when they're interviewing or when they have someone in place and they want to help continue to develop them? And what are some of the metrics that they should be expecting um, these leaders to be delivering for the organizations?
2: Rod, what are, what are some of the skills, in your opinion, and, and what you've written about in the book that are most important for a top CCO candidate to have?
0: Did someone say ChatGPT for customer success for free? update.ai has you covered. CSMs get automated summaries of every customer call. That's real time savings that adds up. There's no bot, and Update even works alongside other tools like Gong. Sign up today at www.update.ai. That's update.ai.
2: Rod, what are are some of the skills, in your opinion, and and what you've written about in the book that are most important for a top CCO candidate to have.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the biggest changes from individuals that are running functional teams to when you're a CEO to a a chief customer officer is the fact that your team is no longer the, your direct reports. You're now part of the, the E staff. And so you need to take a company, um, point of view. So one of the skills around that is around, um, cross-functional collaboration and being able to get things done through others. Customer executives tend to not always have all the resources that they need in their organizations, yet they need to be able to drive company level outcomes like improved retention rate or customer experiences, which often depend highly on working collaboratively with your sales organization or working collaboratively with your product team. So in my book, I outline a number of skills and um, sort of strategies for being able to get things done at a company level. And I think a second um, key, I mean, in the book, I talk about eight strategies you know, as part of this cust- chief customer officer maturity model. A second one uh, that's important is the ability to tell stories and communicate effectively to different levels in an organization. So you need to be able to level up and explain to your board and to your CEO and their staff on both what you're doing and also communicate a lot of the customer facing experiences. Like how do your customers use your solution? What are some of the um, ways that they find value. How does your team contribute to delivery of that value in terms of saving customers, in terms of growing customers in a way that people can understand that isn't just taking a look at charts and taking a look at, you know, kind of bullets on a slide, but, but really bringing it to life and also being able to tell stories to your customers about how other customers are getting value.
2: Rod, you brought up a, a term there that's that's a trigger word for me. Uh, I've been on this kick recently of storytelling. I just think it's so important in, in the CS realm um, because you are that, that connective tissue between the customer and the company. And so, uh, Alexis, my question is then storytelling is a big part of the role. Are there ways that you're looking for how a top candidate is you or the company that you represent is looking for the ways that a top candidate communicates, maybe tells stories or maybe communicates in some other way that you know, is going to make sure that like that is going to ensure that they are going to have the gravitas and um, the ability to, to communicate effectively, you know, in both directions.
0: So I think after, you know, after you do a job like mine for a number of years, there's this pattern recognition, right. That starts to play in, but short of that, I mean, and this, the chief customer officer role is tough, right? You have to be operational like Rod talked about, you know, there's P and L responsibility. You have to be technical. You have to be highly empathetic. And and I think the storytelling or sort of plays into the, the commercial aspect of what a chief customer officer should also be bringing to the table. So I think as a, as a person who assesses and tries to figure out if somebody is ready for a chief customer officer role, and if so, Are they ready for this chief customer officer role? Those are all the aspects that I'm constantly looking at. Some of the things that I would say that come through just in um, conversations with recruiters, whether it's somebody like me or somebody talking to an internal recruiter from an organization is thinking about how you tell your own story. Mm -hmm. I personally like when I hear somebody walk me through a role or a, a time at a company where they say, I came into the organization, this was my mandate here were the two or three big levers I pulled, and then here were the outcome. And if you can weave your data into those answers, I I think it's just a really powerful, um, that's a powerful story in and of itself.
2: I would imagine uh, that you have to weave your data into those stories, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Rod, go ahead. I was just going
1: to add, I think the use of examples with real customers and, or real names, or if you were interviewing, it might be, you know, what was the exact, you know, what was the situation rather than explaining what you would do in a situation, you can bring it back. And the, the chief customer officer can often weave in stories of how their customers are finding value. So for example, I was, I'm working with a client who had their customer success managers go in, and do site visits. And they were taking pictures and they were taking videos of their customers sort of using their, their solution. It's a, a scanner solution for sort of inventory tracking and, and checkout. And so you could physically go in and watch, for example, uh, people who are putting their inventory on a truck try to use their solution. But what happened was because it was a mobile device and the drivers were required to wear driving gloves, that the driving gloves weren't able to manipulate the phone. So they had to physically cut the end of their gloves off so that their fingertips could hit that. It was like, you wouldn't possibly know why aren't they using their solution more it's because they physically couldn't use it the way that their company was requiring them to wear driving gloves. So it's part of the experience of understanding your customers, and then part of it is bringing it back. Hey, how are our customers experiencing it? And you can do others where you visit a store and see how they're benefiting or, or, you know, how customers are expanding the use when you start to see those. But you can bring it back and tell those stories to different audiences that gives people who don't spend a lot of time, for example, with customers an appreciation for the value they get or the challenges they have.
2: And by the way Rod bringing back stories I've heard you tell that story before right about the truck driver gloves um but I love that right like you don't need that many stories in your repertoire you you you're always speaking to different audiences but but like just get it down and it and it's memorable I I vividly remember the last time we talked about that story um and and I think it is such a one wonderfully demonstrative story so yeah Alexis you you said something a minute ago as you're assessing whether somebody is ready to be a cco so that would be when you're looking at candidates who are who are, are climbing the ladder themselves it's not not really a lateral hire for them what are some of those things that you're looking for if you're speaking to let's say a vp uh, of cs or they might come from a separate function that you're saying like yeah this person is ready to, to take that next level in their career and i think to preface that, tell us a little bit about like the the segmentation of the roles because you might be like Hydric struggles works with Fortune one hundred customers, right? Um, so it may be different than a CCO for a Series A company, for example.
0: Absolutely, I think there is you know even if someone's been a wildly successful chief customer officer inside of a Fortune fifty, I, I would maybe. I probably would not think that they're qualified to go and be a CCO of a series A, right? So I'm constantly looking for ability to scale up and scale down, right? But I think scale in and of itself, like have you managed a team size of comparable size? I think that is a big one, even more so than have you managed a renewals number of a certain size. It's really the team size, the complexity of that team size, or the team, you know, what functions we're reporting in, and then I think it depends on the company itself, where it is where it is in its life cycle, where it is in its maturity of its post-sales organization. So sometimes, you know, if you're recruiting for a cybersecurity company, they're really big on finding chief customer officers who have some relevant domain expertise or will understand the end user, understand, you know, the, the, the technical nature of the product. Um, if it's a B2C company, They actually might want somebody who has overseen marketing in addition to customer service um, and support. So it, it really depends on the company itself. Um, And that's what people have to keep in mind. And I think just show an enormous amount of self-awareness to say, am I right for this role or am I checking some of the boxes and can I own in the interview process, the boxes that I don't check and be thinking about how I would compensate for that? Right. I, I think that is one of the most powerful things that somebody can do in an interview process who is going to be considered a step up candidate in some way.
2: By background, I'm a product manager. Um, and the reason I got into product management was I was coming out of my first startup, but I I was looking at like profiles just literally on LinkedIn of types of of folks that you know were in roles that I ultimately wanted to be in 10, 15 years down the line, which was like a general manager um of a of a tech company type of role. And I looked and I saw at this is at this time 15 years ago basically. This pathway of, of, well, a lot of people come from product management or marketing management, but and then, you know, triangulated that with my skills and product management was where I decided to take my first step. Um, do you see any patterns, Alexis, with like where people have originated and how they've navigated the tree of getting, making their way to becoming a successful CCO candidate?
0: Yeah, it's, I'm glad to say this. But I, and I think as time has gone on, it's become more diverse in terms of the backgrounds that find their way to chief customer officers. And Rod, I know you, you've seen this as well. I think it used to be, you know, professional service executives who could get out of that, you know, PS mindset and sort of start thinking a bit more holistically about post sales were the best bet in terms of, you know, becoming chief customer officers. Now I think there's a whole generation of people who have grown up as a CSM who are starting to become viable for chief customer officer roles. So that's that's interesting. But I do think if there's a blend of somebody who's touched product or has been an engineer and is technical themselves as a foundation, they make really attractive chief customer officer candidates.
1: Rod, any thoughts on okay. your end? yeah I interviewed as 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 I was writing the book several dozen chief customer officers um, and asked them about their career paths and There are two trends that I wanted to share in particular one was there was hardly anybody that had the same functional experience from like frontline through a director to VP, and then they become a CCO. There was a lot of moving between organizations where they may have been a salesperson or maybe they worked in services and then they went to success management or maybe they had an operational role. But there was exposure to different um, functional teams and the different sort of operating mechanisms that they had. The second was that, and when I asked them about their keys to success, what I, what I describe in the book as career accelerators, so many of them talked about the real need to understand the metrics and the levers that Really getting a sense for what were the drivers of the business, understanding the financials and the financial impact, building relationships with their CFOs or their finance business partners, even if it wasn't an expertise for them coming in, but that that was a really critical skill. And so making sure that in your career development, you're aware of that and picking it up. So that when you get to this leadership role, you've got sort of visibility to how different functions operate, how they come together, and how they all contribute to deliver the financial um, outcomes that your CEO and your board care about.
2: Yeah, because you are going to have a seat at that boardroom table and you're going to be expected to have awareness about the cross-functional interactions and what each, what, what each group needs. Last question for both of you separately is who is a CCO that you really look up to and admire, and think that everybody listening here should, you know, adopt their characteristics. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll I'll
1: start. Um, I would I would suggest Ashvin Vidyanathan, who was the chief customer officer when I was at Gainsight, um, and now he's the chief customer officer at LinkedIn. He has a really good understanding of how businesses, how the different parts of a business come together. So he brings that strategic thinking. He's also a great people manager and an internal leader. And he's a champion for customers in all of the decisions that get made in his organization, which I think are, you know, critical characteristics of a
2: successful studio. Shout out to Ashwin.
0: Good one. Alexis. Oh, it's so hard to pick just one, but um, there's two quickly that come to mind. Uh, Christina Kazmalski, who was uh, at Salesforce for a period of time, became uh, head of all customer success services um, support for Slack, and then became CEO of Logic Monitor. And then there's Yamini Rangan, who's... CEO of HubSpot. I picked those two. um, One because I think it just shows there's like enormous diversity within this function, which is really wonderful. It's not something you often find, especially within tech. And secondly, I think this is they're both great examples of how chief customer officers are now becoming CEO candidates, board candidates um, for many of the searches that we work on. There's just, I, I think, enormous um, headway for the CCO candidates and, and the roles that they can hold. We'll
2: leave it at that. Alexis Hennessy, Rod Chirkus, thank you guys very much.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Josh. Hey, guys, it's Josh. Don't hang up. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what? Even if you didn't, I'd love for you to give us a rating in iTunes or Spotify. And after you do, email me at josh at update.ai with the name of your favorite charity, and my company Update AI will make a donation on your behalf. I'd love to connect with each of our listeners. Send me a LinkedIn request and I'll accept it immediately. Just go to www.update.ai/linkedin and it'll redirect to my profile. Thanks.